Guess what? It's episode 25 of Lightning Licks Radio. Hey! 25. 25. We're back, and uh, you know, it's been a little while. We always take a little sabbatical during September, the end of September, Lightning Licks Radio. We take some time off because we're doing some shit for Hell's Half Mile. You do. I do. Uh, well, you, I mean, you were involved. I don't, I don't contribute at all. Yeah, you did. Uh, I announced some bands on Saturday. It didn't cut into my day. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You know what you did not do? What? You got to back up to rewind. Yeah. Or you can just believe it as it is, but you didn't do our I didn't mission do that, statement. Yeah. Is this part of the podcast right now? Are, are we podcasting right now? We're podcasting. All right. Do the, do the mission statement. Let's go. <laughs> My name is Dion. I'm a member of Lightning Licks Vinyl Preservation Society, which happens to be a collective of record-collecting nutcases whose mission is to celebrate and examine our often unhealthy, always obsessive, more often than not creepily intimate relationship with the physical media that is vinyl records and if you are in the know and you ought to be uh, i'm not alone you've already heard a voice his name is jay he's my sonic sensei my dear friend and we're in his house not across an air hockey table Who's but instead house? jay's, jay's house. house thank you <laughs> we are on a uh, a christmas themed vinyl tablecloth tablecloth yes uh, it's in jay's living room so this is interesting it's a new locale yeah there's no hockey table but it is very festive in here with snowflakes, yeah. the red and the white. It's yeah, very man. Christmassy in here. I'm digging it. And we are knee-deep into fall here in Bay City, Michigan. However, the weather, it's really nice out today for whatever reason. It should be for the next couple of days, but this will be the last of it for certain. Yes. We're going to get really sad next week when Friday hits and it starts to get back to normal temperatures again. And Here's the thing, though. I love fall. Jay hates fall. I hate fall. I love it. There's something about Hallow's Eve, that whole time of year, that meant freedom to me. And it wasn't just trick-or-treating, but it was sort of trick-or-treating where the kids could go out with their neighborhood friends and we weren't watched it all we could come back super late like we got to decide what we wanted to be all hopped up on sugar man i love the fall i love movies that take place during halloween i love all that shit and i love hoodie weather but like you said it doesn't last very long soon after halloween everything fucking dies and i hate all of it but here's the thing about (laughs) fall though those days where it rains and like the dampness just gets right into your bones. Yeah. And so anytime I just want to get on Facebook and go, all you fall lovers, this is really what you like. This damp fall rain. Like yep. this is what you like. But then you have days like this. You're like, all right, I kind of get it. Yeah. My main thing with fall is it leads into winter. I hate winter even more winter. than fall. Whatever. <sighs> there was some meme I saw a few years ago. It's like I shouldn't live somewhere where the weather brings me physical pain. And I agree with that completely. And I could move. That's a whole other thing. We won't get into we'll that. We won't get into that. We won't get into our personal shit here. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, if you're a listener to the program, you realize that we alternate. One episode is going to be a themed episode of some sort, and the next episode is going to be the alphabet, because the alphabet is easy, and we started it, and now we got to finish it. Yeah. So this particular episode is brought to you by Miller Lite, yep. Blue Chair Bay, which mm. we haven't talked about in a while, and the letter E. The letter E. The so letter we're going to... E. Go over some of our favorite artists. Let's start with the letter E. And this is like, say you're working in a record shop, you would have to shelve it in the E section. Yeah, yeah. So right? either an artist and or band yep. that begins with an E. Yeah. So yep. we were talking about Walter Egan, which we're not going to talk about Walter Egan we're today. Not. But he would be under E. He would be. He would be under E. Eagles, mm-hmm. under E. 
Cheetah we're also not going to talk about yeah. We're not going to talk about Eagles either. Not or she needs ELO. Not going to and then yeah, not Echo and the Bunnymen. Not going to talk about not any of those about bands. That. You're not going to know who we're going to talk about until we talk about it. Exactly. Unless you like look at the description and you're one of those people who want to ruin all your surprises. <laughs> and I do want to say because usually I save this for the uh, end of the podcast. I'm going to flip the tables a little bit and I'm going to say right now, if you punch play on this. Thank you for listening to us. If you press play, you decide, you know what? I'm going to take some time out and listen to these dudes. You vested. Thank you. Yeah, it's important. All right. So we're going to do the we're gonna do the E thing. We're going to do the E thing. Not uh, ecstasy either. Here we go. <laughs> we're hopped up on Miller Lite and Blue Chair Bay, but not ecstasy. And fall. <laughs> we're hopped up on fall. I love it. We're hopped up on the sun. <laughs> we're hopped up on that October sun. Yeah, yeah. Hi, kids. This is Mark from the Electric Company, and I'm going to read you a story. It's called Ease from Outer Space. When you hear this signal, you turn the page. Ready? Here we go. One day, the skies grew dark. Rain. It's gonna rain. Better get inside. It's gonna rain. Yes, a rain was coming. A very Strange rain. Then it started. Small, fuzzy animals rained down on America. They all looked like bees. They landed all over the country. People thought the ease were cute, so they took them home. Isn't E cute? That's when the trouble started. These were not just any old ease. These were E's from outer space. Space, 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 space. America needed help. The cry went out for Paul, the super gorilla. My hero. I'm going to let you, I'm not going to let you, it's like you need my, yeah, what my permission. Thanks, Jay. Let, like, here, you have my permission to go first. Oh, boy. Dion, yeah. what's your first E artist and or band? I'm going to go with a band that I know absolutely nothing about, really, and it's a band called Ertliff. <laughs> That's it. It's Ertliff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a name you just made up yeah. right now. But it's not. Uh, I don't know shit about these dudes. Jake had a little bit. But often, as I'm sure that any music fan can attest to, we find ourselves coaxed into the endless rabbit holes that is the internet, right? Absolutely. So you get on a certain kick or a particular audible itch that cannot easily be scratched, a certain special era or a scene or a subgenre that we're exploring, you know, the musical flavor of the month, the sonic equivalent to the soup of the day, whatever. And before you know it, you've listened to an entire debut LP from an obscure Swiss progressive rock band from the early 70s. And that's exactly what happened to me. That's how it I happens. was introduced to Ertliff. And I looked up, what the fuck does Ertliff mean? And apparently it is some sort of goblin that was... Uh, what, what does it mean when you're trying to um, change inanimate objects into gold? You are a... Oh, the alchemist. Alchemist. So it was an alchemist elf, like an elf that was also an alchemist in the Swiss lore of whatever. It's nerd shit. Only algorithms truly know how I ended up where I did. I was like on a big heavy can kick. I was listening to can a lot. My friend Trevor was really like talking to me how I should really check out can. And then I eventually just ended up 
with these guys Ertliff listened to that debut album went into Electric Kitsch this is months later and in the new arrivals section I saw this record it's not the one that I listened to online but it is one that is like demos and lost tracks and things of that nature in the band's history and I'm always smiling, laughing about the day. It's like a band like that no one's ever heard of, but there's a label that felt that there was a need to put out early versions of songs by a band that almost no one's ever heard of, right, which I yeah. love. I love that. <laughs> Relics from the Past, unreleased recordings, 1974 to 1975, Ertliff. Yeah, that's, that's some shit. I love yeah. that. Yeah, so anyway, I uh, picked this record up. I listened to it, and I enjoyed it just as much as I enjoyed their debut LP, which happens to be their only true... LP, I would say. They did kind of like break up and then reform in 2000, but they had only a few original members. I listened to that CD that they released. It's kind of a stinker. Didn't really like it. Not my speed. And weirdly enough, that they still exist today, but all the original members have died. So I don't know who's in it that's keeping <laughs> yeah. this thing alive. It's Maybe the, the sons of some of the members or something like that. I'm not sure. So it's the spirit of Earth, like at this point. <laughs> it is the spirit of Earth. Like. Ertliff, that's true. So that's going to be my E selection. The song for the mixtape is an instrumental number, and it is a demo, and you can tell on account of the amount of audible hiss that is present on the recording, but also that nothing is really compressed. Like, how do you say it? Like, the dynamics are definitely there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, yeah. When it peaks out, it's all the instruments are playing. When it's solo, like, just that one instrument is yeah. playing. And I just really love it. It's these acoustic riffs. I especially like the bass, which is kind of just chugging along for most of the track. But when it finally does, like, poke out of the mix on its own, it shines. You know, just for a few seconds it shines. And then it evolves into sort of this cinematic piece. And I'm always a sucker for that. If you can play something in a soundtrack of, like, the triumphant finale of a movie, man, I really love it. This song has that feel for me. And the name of the song is Kamar. Initially, I thought it was Cam Argue because that's how it's spelled, <laughs> but it's not. It's Kamar, and it's in the region of France. Um, the song is beautiful, as is the countryside. I'm assuming, haven't been, but I'm assuming Kamar is beautiful. So that's my E selection. It is from Ertliff. Check out Ertliff if you see them in your local record store or, you know, on the internet, how I sort of discovered them initially it's progressive rock i mean it should be said that if you're not into progressive rock you may not like it so i was listening to the Ertliff track today and it reminded me it definitely has like a late 60s vibe it felt like some of that california psych but it also had for me a real kind of procol harem kind of sound right. to it too so oh, who, i mean they were kind of a prog rock but not yeah. in the sense like prog rock like genesis or yes or anything yeah but proco harem was doing some interesting stuff too and it kind of reminded me a little bit of that kind of stuff so if you need a comparison like well what do they sound like if you like that proco harem and the band like maybe love arthur lee and love i think that you will like these guys too yep and they've become uh, quickly and uh you know cemented themselves as my favorite progressive rock band out of sweden yeah <laughs> the only one i know you of. gotta have one yeah I mean, I don't. Now it's Ertliff, and I didn't know I even needed one, but apparently I do. So that's E for me. That's Ertliff, uh, the track, Kamar. Kamar. Not Kamar. argue, but Kamar. Kamar. And Jay, I would like to ask you, if we're talking about E's, who are you going to spotlight here in today's episode? I always like to do the first one I thought of um, when I... Obviously, I knew we were going to do E. Yeah. Uh, the first one that I thought of was a band called Eye to Eye. Eye to Eye. Eye to Eye. E-Y-E to T-O-E-Y-E. That's why the name of the band. E. But they're basically a duo. There's an American singer. Her name is Deborah Berg. And she met a, this British pianist named Julian Marshall. 
and she used to be a dancer and he was at a show that she was dancing in but was also singing in and so they ended up he just thought she had an interesting voice and they yeah. thought that they would get together and work on some music so they did two records the first record that we're going to talk about came out in 1982 they did a second record that came out in 1983 and then they didn't do anything for a really long time they did put out something in 2005 which i haven't heard okay because i don't want to like shut Ruin them down it. but i have a feeling yeah. it's probably not I, I don't it seems like when bands do that it's just not very good uh-huh. and i probably should give you've them been the, surprised in the past so you may be surprised it's true this. it's true so basically kind of the not the twist but the super interesting thing about this band is that it was produced by gary katz mm-hmm. who produced a lot of the steely dan stuff yeah so there is a lot of because it's just those two, there's a lot of Steely Dan alumni that play on this record. So a lot of the studio cats that played on the Steely Dan stuff play on this one. The song that I'm going to use for the mixtape is a song called Nice Girls. Rick Derringer plays guitar. Now, he did not play with Steely Dan, but he's Rick Derringer. Everybody knows who Rick Derringer is. Right. And if you don't, Google that shit right now. Jeff Beccaro plays drums on this track. Chuck Ramey's on bass. Elliot Randall plays the guitar solo. He played on a bunch of Steely Dan stuff. It sounds like, as you would imagine, it would sound like how those Steely Dan records sounded so pristine in the pristine. St- like studio. It's amazing. Like it's very, very super very cool. well produced. Yeah. And the song that I'm going to use for the mixtape is a song called Nice Girls. And I actually came across this song, how I discovered it, because initially it was released as a single. There is a video for it. But the song itself, when it came out, it barely, barely, barely cracked the top 40 at like 37. That's just the tip. Which means it just just probably sank right after that. But how I know it is they used to play it at my roller skating rink. Shit. That's how I first heard it. Not to get too deep in the weeds. And you guys, when I was in junior high and high school, I mean, I'm 58 years old. So roller skating was still a big deal for us. The owner's son, and I ended up working at the roller skating rink later as I got older. The owner's son had a really, really great taste in music. And so that was the very first time I ever heard Nice Girls was at the roller skating rink, which is amazing to yeah. me. That's how and I, you that's still how, remember it? Like, and I still remember, remember, yeah. Did you ask who it was and all that shit? Yeah, 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 I had to. And then it's funny, too, because a lot of people like don't know that song, but if you play it for them, they somehow remember it. It's weird. Like I don't know how you would remember yeah. it unless you were at the roller skating rink. But the whole record is super polished, super produced. But again, like the Steely Dan stuff, like the lyrics are a little, they're not as sarcastic as the, the Steely Dan stuff, but the lyrics are a little sardonic. It's a, they're a little biting. Yeah. And even Nice Girls, like the song that I'm going to use, it definitely has that like whole Billy Joel, Only the Good Die Young. Like if right. you're a ni- like nice girls are sitting home, not having fun, and the bad girls are going out. They're having all the fun. Yeah, so who do you want to be? The good yeah. girls or the bad girls? And you so want to be the bad girls. You want to be the bad girls. And so basically the song is like, yeah, the bad girls are out. The nice girls are staying home. But there's a line in the song that just kills me too. It's like, you know, such a game, middle class, throwing sticks in the mud, shame, 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 middle class, nipping girls in the butt. Nipping girls in so the So it's like butt. one of those things like this is what's expected of you as a female, but right. it's almost like to me it's like a female empowerment song. Yeah. Like this girl wants to be with the bad boys. There's another line too that I love. Want to stay out late with those ostracized guys, silver glitter on my face, smear glitter on my eyes. Like oh, you yeah. just, you just, she just wants to go out and cut loose, yeah. but she knows that she can't yeah. because it's not what's expected She's of one of her. the good girls. And lyrically, a lot of the record is like that it's kind of deep and sardonic so they put out a second record that is not as good i don't like it as much right. but the, if you the first record's pretty amazing this so is an amazing track and as soon see- as i heard it i was like is this new is this old what is this because i could see like a new group 
bring that vibe in and be really respected in today's environment. Yeah. You know, that's how great of a song this is. And it doesn't hurt that it sounds just amazing. Yeah. It sounds like it is produced with all of the technology that's available to the bands of yeah. this day. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds super modern. And so, like, if you're in the record store and you see it in the dollar bin, eye yeah. to eye, eye, to eye, pick that shit up. It's so good. It's it such is a real. jam. Yeah, the whole Such record. a jam. Dion. Yeah. Number two, your second E artist slash band. EPMD, that is Eric and Parrish making dollars, motherfucker. You know what? I didn't know what that meant. Eric and Parrish making dollars. Obviously, I'm aware of EPMD, but I had no idea that that's what that stood for. My job here is done. I never thought to ask. (laughs) This is classic hip hop. It originated on the East Coast, Long Island to be specific. The East Coast. East Coast. In the late 80s, EPMD kind of helped change the game a little bit, ushering in at least on the beat production end of things, the use of more rock and pop loops as samples that the jams were built around as opposed to like disco beats or like redone disco tracks that are instrumentals or like naked 808 beats, right? They took things from the pop music sphere and the funk sphere and they made loops out of that. And that's pretty much what they did. They were an underground group. They weren't signed to a major label, at least not initially. The indie label Sleeping Bag Records. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They had a koala for their Honestly, the only reason I know that is because I'm a huge Mantronics guy. Ah, yes. And all the Mantronics shit, speaking of great hip-hop, yeah. like pioneering hip-hop, is all on the Sleeping Bag stuff. They were with Sleeping Bag, and there was an imprint called Fresh Records, which released Strictly Business. That was the groundbreaking debut from EPMD. It went gold in 88. Their sophomore effort, Unfinished Business, went gold a year later. So these dudes, Eric Sermon and Paris Schmidt, they were just killing it, uh, heading into the 90s, despite selling a million records which is an awful lot of records back in those days they were broke that's man. freaking platinum yeah they were, <laughs> by the way yeah, they were victims of uh you know shitty contracts people, people sell their soul and suck the devil's cock for a million selling records yeah, by the way yeah. and they didn't have nothing to show for it man maybe some cool clothes or something but they weren't really rich so uh here comes def jam and he's like well i'm gonna give you some money up front russell simmons is like i'm feeling that these guys got more hits you know, in them. In them. And he wasn't wrong. They did have a, another few albums that were relatively successful, but then the group kind of had a beef with one another. Like somebody got robbed, and then somebody said, <laughs> Parrish said that Eric set him up, and it was a, this big street beef. Uh, they went solo, they broke up, and they each had like pretty uh, successful careers on their own. Eric Sermon using his full name. Uh, Eric Sermon and uh, Parrish uh, started a group called PMD which was just basically Parrish making dollars and uh, he was more hardcore like Eric Sermon was kind of laid back do you remember like the rapper Mace from the P. Diddy Silver Coat era like super popular really laid back flow okay that's kind of where Eric Sermon fell as far as lyrically in his delivery and stuff and and Parrish was more hardcore he was more edgy he was a little more I'm not going to say quite gangster, but he was pretty fucking street, right? They did get back together in the later 90s, uh, had a record, relatively successful. Then they broke up again over some bullshit. Then they got back together. I mean, you get it. They're still around today. I think they're they are. on good terms. They do. They were um, recently featured on Nas's uh, most recent record of this year. So they're still around. They're still doing their thing. But they are like hip-hop gods. 
in a sense. And uh, I really wanted to uh, spotlight EPMD because they're one of my favorite bands in the E section of my collection. Yeah, and I've heard of them before. I'm not obviously I'm not as deep into hip hop as you, and that's about the time I would have been listening to that stuff. But I never, for whatever reason, ever got around to them. Right. The track that you're gonna put on the mixtape, like it, it's super great too. And I feel like yeah, it's like a band that I need to dig a little bit on a little bit. Right. I'm not gonna say it's an unheard of track. This was a you know I'd say a minor hit from their first record, their debut, which I love so much. I'm gonna select the track. You Gots to Chill, and it's a great loop of Daz's more bounce to the ounce that makes the body of that song. And that Daz track on its own right is pretty much a floor filler. Like, I love that fucking track. There's also some Jungle Boogie that's mixed in there. I was going to mention that, too. I love the Jungle Boogie sample. It's awesome. The delivery and the flow in in the song, uh, you know, everything that they did on their end was pretty amazing as well. And you got to remember, this was 1988. Yeah. So... I mean, hip-hop was going through a weird time, you know, they're just getting off of the the disco breaks and stuff, and you got LL Cool J come up, and then Run DMC kind of changed the game, the Beastie Boys, all that early Def Jam stuff, so it was still really relatively early in hip-hop's evolution where these guys came through and just really made a big impact, and you can see kind of how they were trailblazers on the lyrical and delivery end, and also with what they decided to rap over, the samples, so that's EPMD, you got to chill i think it's a great song jay's gonna decide where that should be put in our mixtape that we're gonna feature at the end of the episode but i don't think you can make a mistake with it because it's a pretty rad tune it really is a rad tune i was gonna mention that too like if you're new to the show we talk about this music and then i put together a mixtape spotlighting the song so specific song from each band or artist that we're talking about so that's it that's epmd that's my ej what's your e my next one is a band called The Exploding Hearts, Ooh, cool. which is probably one of the most tragic stories in rock and roll, yeah. actually. They were a four-piece band out of Portland, Oregon. They put out one record that came out in 2003 called Guitar Romantic. Right. And if you are a fan of bands like The Undertones and The Buzzcocks, this band will totally satisfy that hunger the tragedy comes into they were playing a show in san francisco and they were driving their van back to portland right and they got into an accident with the van and actually three of the four members of the band all died in the accident two of the members died were thrown from the vehicle died on the spot the guitar player died later in the hospital and it's amazing, to, like, this always kind of blows my mind when you, and this happens all the time, off the top of my head, like think of Metallica, the manager and the guitar player walk away with minor injuries. Oh, God. So they only really recorded that one record in 2003, and it was reissued. I bought it on a label that's called, when you think about it, the label name is actually a little insensitive. <laughs> the label's called Dirt Nap. Yeah. So that's kind of crazy. And I feel like people thought that this band had some serious potential. If you are a fan of the Buzzcocks, I feel like this could have been like a Green Day kind of band that started off on a little label, jumped to a major label. I think these guys could have been huge because they're writing all these songs about, you know, teenage longing and teenage love. And these guys were, when they died, like 21 and 23 years old. So they were kids. Yeah, they were just young. But they were just writing these kind of like in these Buzzcockian songs about lust and love and all that stuff all that teenage shit that right. we all love sounds amazing and it's a great record and the guitar player I guess did go on to like a couple different bands I hadn't heard of either band I don't think either band really 
I don't want to say weren't significant, but the world doesn't know about these right, bands. Right, right, right. But I feel like that's a thing that you enjoy if you like. I don't want to call it pop punk, but whether you want to say it or not, I mean, the Buzzcocks, pop punk kind of starts with and begins and ends with them. They started that kind of thing. So yeah, pick up that record if you see it. The record is called Guitar Romantic. The song that I'm going to put on the mix is a track one side one that kicks ass. It's called Modern Kicks. Right. Killer song. Check it out. The production is on point. I can imagine the whole record kind of sounds like that. Just awesome, man. It was it's really It's impressive. a cool band, and it's super tragic, because I, I would have loved to have seen them make more music. Yeah. Obviously, more importantly, I'd like to have seen them still be alive. Yeah. Yeah, what do you got? I'm going to talk about an artist, EMA. She's a singer-songwriter. She's an interesting artist. She was born in South Dakota, uh, moved to Portland, released her lo-fi debut in 2011, and made some waves like Critically, continued with three more full-length projects, the latest in 2017. However, the reason that I know that she exists is because her 2014 effort, The Future's Void, was released on Matador Records. And if there's anything that's going to get me to blind buy, if I see that you're being distributed by Matador Records, I'm probably going to check you out. That's exactly what happened in this case. At the Kitsch, this record was available, and I picked it up, knew nothing of it. And it turns out she's really cool. I really love her shit. She's got a little bit uh, lo-fi folk, that first record especially, uh, but also a little bit of electronica. There's some noise folk in there. There's some freak rock. She's very political, a lot of social commentary. Just cool shit, shit that Dion would really be into. And the record I want to spotlight, as I said, The Future's Void from 2014. It's a themed work, kind of a concept record. A lot of the material is overtly critical of the digital age that we currently find ourselves in whether we like to be or not and lyrically it's like a dismantling of the plugged in culture that we are all imprisoned by more or less i don't know internet bad right i think that's kind of ballsy though because like you could take something that's obviously like crippling the society and be like i'm gonna write a record about that like nobody's done that you know but she pulls it off i mean lyrically she does a good job and obviously sonically She's really got something to her. Not just the way that her voice sounds, but what she chooses as backing tracks, kind of genre bending. She doesn't stay in one lane. She's kind of all over the place. And no matter where she ends up, it's usually pretty awesome. I hadn't even heard of her. And again, I only listened to the track that you sent me. And I was immediately sad that I hadn't heard of her before. <laughs> and, and like you said, like she's all over the place. Well, the one track that you're putting on the mix tape. But it's going to be a track entitled When She Comes. Yeah, and so that actually has, like, when you look it up, if you look her up on Wikipedia, they have her listed as noise folk. I haven't heard any of her songs. Right. But the song that you're spotlighting is very much up my alley these days. It's a, it's a very kind of like a dream pop. It's amazing. Like I don't know how I have gone this long and haven't even heard of her before. Right, and that's the one that speaks to me the most, and it's probably for the same reasons that it speaks to you. I mean, the production on this track is superb. I love the way that the kick drum sounds like it was recorded like in the next room with a microphone, like stuffed in a Pringles can, like put in the corner of the room, but all the rest of the percussion elements, they're like straight up. So it's just the kick that has that hollowed out, way far away sound, and everything else is just pretty much straight up. This is the catchiest number on the entire album. It's just a cool song. And um, if she's still releasing shit, I'm not sure, because 2017 was her last effort that I can find. And I know that she's like an artist uh, visually in her own right, so she may be on to doing that sort of thing. And that's how she contributes to society, whatever. But if she has something else to say musically, I will definitely keep an ear out for her because I love the shit. And I think that she's probably got more to say, and uh, I'm here to listen. 
there. She's just waiting for the moment to come back. Yeah, hopefully. There's, there's a lot going on there. I feel, I feel like she would have a lot to say about a lot of the stuff that's going on. Right like, now. it's been a busy it's been five a, years, yeah, EMA. Exactly, Where you been? Exactly, yeah. Like there's a lot of shit that you can talk about, right? So that is EMA. That is my E artist. The song is When She Comes. Jay will put that on the mix accordingly. Jay, do you have another E artist that we should be made aware of? Of course I do. This one's probably the most well-known of the five that I'm going to talk about today. Uh And that's a band out of Australia called The Easy Beats. Yeah. It depends on what age you are. They had a pretty huge hit in the 60s with a song called Friday on My Mind, which is like the perfect... I hate work. I'm just working to Friday. I'm working for the weekend. I'm working for the weekend. Um, It was a huge hit, like, all around the world. But again, this is one of those bands where people maybe only know one song, but the band is so much better. Not that they're better, because that's a great song, too. I mean, enough that David Bowie covered it on his pinups record when he did his covers record and covered that song. I mean, it's classic. Everyone knows it. And if you don't know it, check it out. It's pretty great. The thing about the Easy Beats, and they put out, I think, like, four or five records, too. Um, The really interesting thing about the Easy Beats is that the two guys that were in the band... Harry Vanda and George Young. Okay. Now Young sounds familiar. Yeah. Australian. (laughs) And they're an Australian man. So you can put the pieces together. I'm gonna give you a second. Mm Mm-hmm. And yes, they are the older brother (laughs) of Malcolm and Angus Young. There you go. A lot of Australian records, those bands kind of come through Vanda and Young, and uh, they produced some of the earlier AC/DC stuff too. And uh, they actually had put out a couple records called Flash in the Pan. I haven't actually heard any of that stuff. I've heard of the band, but I've never actually heard them before. But the Easy Beat stuff, it is like that 60s. Like I first really heard like a song that wasn't Friday on my mind. They put out that Nuggets box set. But they also put out a Nuggets box set of non-American bands, like European garage rock bands. Yeah. And the song that I'm going to use for the mixtape, which is a song called Sorry, was on that Nuggets box set. And that was like, oh my God, this is a great band that is as good as Friday on my mind. Fuck yeah. So the record that I'm pulling it from is actually, I don't have actually any of their actual studio records. It's called the Absolute Anthology. So it's like all the singles and B-sides that they recorded between 65 and 69. Okay. It's that freak beat stuff, but it's very, very cool. And again, this gets thrown around a lot. It does have a bit of a proto-punk thing to it too. It does. Because the guitars are kind of in your face. Super melodic, super catchy. They're a great band, and if you're unaware of Easy Beats, check them out. Yeah, man. Yeah, I wasn't unaware. You know, I've I've heard the same shit that everyone else has heard, but yeah, me too. This song really gets me hyped up. You know. Yeah, they're a cool band. Moving on. Yeah. Dion, what you got? A band called the Electric Chairs. They went by Wayne County and then Jane County in the Electric Chairs, but the record I have is just titled The Electric Chairs, so they qualify for E as far as I'm concerned. Now, this Wayne or Jane character, he was born Wayne Rogers, front of this band, The Electric Chairs, in 1977 in London. Now, she, I say she now, was an American uh, New Yorker by way of Georgia, gender non-confirming from an early age, and eventually became essentially the first transgender rock star, more or less, punk rock star to be exact. Obviously, in London at the time, gender norms were often being toyed with, uh, at least on the performance end of things. You can think of things like Bowie. You can think of things like, you know, Peter Gabriel and, and Genesis in the early years. I mean, those artists were really kind of playing and toying with gender. Jane, I mean, this was the real deal. She was a transgender person that was also in a Yeah, it family. wasn't like Divine, who was, who was also groundbreaking, but was just kind of yeah. cross-dressing. Like Wayne Jane County 
was like literally real. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was real. And like with a lot of these sort of trailblazers, if you just know their story, which is influential enough, and for me, that's enough to go out and check out the record just because of the historical footnote, right? Right. But you get really surprised in the fact that the music itself is really quite awesome. Like, I did not expect much from this record when I bought it. I just figured, you know, I would have it in my collection. This is like more or less a historical artifact. So, you know, from an archival point of view, it's cool to have this in a collection. I didn't feel like I would be playing it again and again and again and rocking out to it. Turns out I am. This is awesome music. And listening to it with you, it definitely has that New York punk rock energy. And I compare yeah. it to, again, not sonically, but it, there's a certain New York punk rock feel. When I mean, not, not talk about the like that 70s early stuff too it reminded me is punk rock in the sense like some of the stuff that Jim Carroll did on his first couple records yeah I love it and I had the same reaction to Carroll too as you know I saw the movie Basketball Diaries went back to check out his punk rock and I didn't really expect much of it it's really fucking awesome I ended up loving it so it's cool to have that happen Again. And I remember back when I was a kid, I used to read a lot about her in like Cream Magazine and then Rock Scene Magazine, which was basically, it was a magazine about rock music, obviously, but it was mostly pictures. They had some reviews and stuff, but it was mostly pictures of the rock scene at the time hence the name it's funny because i always assumed because she was making a play on wayne county in michigan i automatically assumed that she was from michigan so i was really surprised that yeah. she in fact was not no michigan, from michigan whatsoever she got mentioned a lot in cream magazine which would have been another reason why i would have made that connection since they were yeah. based out of detroit and like you like i never really spent any time with it or i never cared because i felt like it was going to be like novelty music or novelty yeah. punk and i don't that's an insult to her that's why i just never got around to her yeah and then listening to that track i'm like holy shit this is legit yeah. like you just think it's going to be some i don't know what you expect i don't know i just didn't expect it to be serious punk rock and it most certainly is that yeah that's great and it's just that period of time too i mean you're talking about the late 70s early 80s and I've been on a punk kick as of late, thanks in no small part to the Pistol miniseries and the Sex Pistols that came out on Hulu. I think it started on FX, but they're tied together oh, it was somehow. Disney. I don't know. Actually started, it was, it was Disney, 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 Disney in Plus. Britain. It was over in, yeah, it's a Disney, okay, which surprises whatever. the crap out of me that Disney would take the Pistol story on. Why is that? Because Disney is so squeaky clean. There's so much sex and vulgarity and stuff oh, yeah. in the series. Like I just yeah. didn't think that that would be something that they would tackle. But they've been pretty woke these yeah, days. Yeah, they're so pretty woke. These days. I hate using that word. But. Yeah, I get it. But yeah, but I mean, really, like, I love that series. But it, I mean, it was Danny Boyle. Duh, it's going to be good. And I know that Johnny Rotten didn't like it. And, you know, he felt disrespected or whatever. But Rotten, I've got like a, a difficult... I love Johnny Rotten. Like, I love all of his music. I love his persona and stuff. But I mean, recently... He's, you know, he's like a super Trumper. He's like, you know, whatever. But I, I've used that in my my ability to, to, to understand people like I differ from, you know, politically or, or whatever, culturally. I always try to keep in the back of my mind how much I love Johnny Rotten and um, how much I'm going to continue to love Johnny Rotten, even though, like, him and I, like, do not see eye to eye, like, currently. And the reason I can do that is because I can think of things like that I know about him because I'm a fan, right? And he's got a wife that he's caring for and he just became an American citizen. And I can, f- I feel like, like I have empathy for him on a level that can allow anything that we could disagree about to just be a disagreement, right? And look beyond that and be like, I'm not going to, like, I'm never going to cancel Johnny Ron. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not going to happen. And I feel like this could be like a whole separate episode I just got done watching the Public Image 
documentary right. where the public image is rotten. I mean, I've been a Sex Pistols fan. That was like one of the first punk rock bands I got into at the time, as, as much as like a lot of us did. And I was, I've been watching. I mean, I, and here's the thing: I, I I don't like biopics as a general rule because they right. fuck with time and they make shit up, and that's how it goes. I will say though, I did enjoy Pistol, mm-hmm. and the, the, the mostly because the performances are so good. Like the, yeah. the actors who are in the film are really really good. I think not to get into the whole whatever he believes politically or whatever I still think a lot of that shit he just does to get people riled up but I think he was legitimately hurt that someone was going to portray him in a movie they're doing a movie although it was based on Steve Jones book they were going to do this movie that featured him heavily the sex pistols don't exist without him and that they never came to him they never sent him a script they never told him what was going on he didn't know anything he doesn't know anything about it so I can get why he was kind of hurt by that it's like I was integral to that and you're not including me well I like that it exists with his permission or not <laughs> and this is like I forgot which band we were talking about at yeah, this point I know we're talking about the electric chairs and the, yeah, and the point chairs. of getting into the Johnny Rotten thing yes, and, and the sex thing that. is like I was on that kick and I think like it's really cool when you get like the backstory because she came out with this band and I think there was like this very specific window where anything goes was okay you know what I mean? And so, like, she existed in this time, in this place, where she could get her art out and it would be received as art and that's it. And it was, like, this very small window and I think she hit it perfectly. And that's, like, you know, really making the best of it. Like, that could have only happened when it happened. And it's still here for us to enjoy it. And you were there when I picked it up. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, I heard about her. I'm like, yeah, I heard about her. Oh, she's the first transgender. That's all I really know. And to give it a chance. And I'm just so glad I did because these tunes are fucking killer. The one that I want to spotlight is called Rock and Roll Resurrection. And there's other tunes that I think are more rocking and maybe better on the record. But the lyric here that she pens is just fucking awesome that's pure punk rock yeah dude pure rock and roll that's fucking awesome yeah I feel like since we're making documentaries about everybody and 80% of them are completely unnecessary yeah I mean she was like a trailblazer like what like a half century ahead of her time someone needs to make a documentary about her but one little quick fact I want to throw in about her before we move on is the fact that the police opened for her no shit in 1977 when she toured Holland Oh, that's awesome. I came across that fact, and I'm like, i got to get that in there at some point. (laughs) That's the electric chairs. Jay, do you have another E for everybody in Podcast America to enjoy? I think I do, and I think this is also probably another one that's not as obscure as other things that we talked about, and that is the singer Yvonne Elliman. She's a British singer. Most people know her because she had the huge hit with If I Can't Have You That's how I from know Saturday Night Fever, yep. actually written by the Bee Gees. The mm-hmm. Bee Gees actually recorded it. They put it on the B-side of Staying Alive. They didn't even put it on like a legitimate record. She had a huge hit with that, but I became aware of her because when I was a kid, I was obsessed with the musical Jesus Christ Superstar. Okay. And she was the voice on the studio version of Mary Magdalene. She's actually in the movie, too, so she's also on the soundtrack. But that's where I think most people knew her. And then she also toured with the Jesus Christ Superstar Touring Company for like four or five years. No shit. She's got a lot of records out. The record that I'm going to talk about that I'm pulling the song from is a record called Food of Love, which she didn't write much stuff on there. But on later records, she actually was a lot more involved with the writing. There's really nothing to say about her. I mean, other than the fact that like, if you only know her from those songs, it's worth going into her back Kayla because she's a super great singer right and 
They're great songs, and the records are solidly great. Too. Like the orchestration really, around her is a fucking amazing. Yeah, it was produced by Rupert Hine, which the only reason I know that name is because he also produced some of the Fix stuff. So this record came out in the early 70s, and Rupert Hine was still producing, obviously, still in the 80s and 90s. That's how I know that name. But it was interesting because I feel like the label was really getting behind her because there was like a lot of like uh, Pete Townsend plays on here. There's a lot of yeah. the people that played like on the Jesus Christ Superstar soundtrack musicians that are also featured on here as well. Like they gave her a really good band. They believed in her, obviously. They spent the money. They took the time to put her in the studio. They gave her a great band. They gave her some great songs and said, here you go. But she's put out a lot of really good records. The other thing about this record too, well, actually the record we're talking about, I should probably talk about that, is called Food of Love. Her second record it's interesting because they do a cover of the Who's I Can't Explain right. on there. Yeah. And I knew it because I'm like one of those guys who reads the liner notes. Like I always want to know where the samples are coming from. Yeah. And I've been looking for this record forever and I just came across it this year. I have like her other stuff, but I could never find this record. But the riff from I Can't Explain was the riff that Fatboy Slim yeah. Norman mm-hmm. used for Going Out of My Head. Yep. It's so great to hear it in like the regular song, but yeah. Townsend plays on that too. But the song that I'm going to use for the mixtape is a song called, I'm not sure if I'm even saying this right, it's M-E-U-S-L-I, Muesli Dreams. Yeah, Muesli. No, I had to look up what Muesli was because I had no idea. Yeah. I found out it was like oats mm-hmm. that you soak overnight. Shannon makes them. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah, it's, like, it's these oats that you let soak overnight and you eat them for breakfast yeah. the next day. Pulling all together the Food of Love name of the record. Yeah. But it's just this beautiful song. It's got this like cool like harmonics at the beginning of it. It's got these swelling strings and minor key piano. And not to be like a, a huge dork about it, but it literally is so beautiful that when I listen to it once in a while, it brings me to tears. I was watching very closely, and, and I, I think you did tear up. Oh, I did. Like, I could feel it in my eyes. So Yvonne Elman, she, again, you only know her for the one song, much like the Easy Beats, but she's right. got a lot of good stuff, and she's well worth investigating. Yeah. She's a cool singer-songwriter, and honestly, a bit of a 70s babe. Yeah. I don't dislike how she looks either. No. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Muesli uh, Dreams, Food of Love is the name of the record. Check it out. Yeah. This is our last one, right? I think so. What do you got going on as uh, last but not least? I got a band calling themselves the East Side Kids. Again, no clue about these dudes. It's kind of like an Ertliff situation. And again, I picked it up at the Electric Kitsch in the new arrivals bin randomly. Figured I'd give it a shot. It's a really decent record. I do like it. But I don't have much to say about it other than kind of how it sounds. I mean... I've tried to do some research on this, looking at the sleeves, looking at the names, trying to match them with other names in the industry. Maybe people that stayed on, did other things, were in other bands. And I can't really come to like a conclusive decision on whether any of this information that I would share is accurate. So we're just going to talk about how the record sounds. It's a psychedelic record, 1968. The record title is The Tiger and the Lamb, which uh, is also one of the songs on the record. And it is just San Francisco psychedelic rock of 1968. It's exactly what you think it would be. There's a lot of meandering that's going on. There's a lot of like, they're, they're just going off on these tangents, these little jams, but it sounds amazing. It makes me think about whoever produced this record, and obviously, like, MCA was behind the imprint that yeah, this is on. The so uni label. They had resources. And so whoever they had do this knew their shit. Stereo recording at the time had only been around for about a decade, at least on rock records, and these guys really had it figured out. I mean, it sounds great in headphones. 
It's panned perfectly. It's just a really nicely produced record, and it's a great listen. And for a blind buy, I mean, the cover isn't particularly cool. It's like the guy. I don't even know what's going on there, to yeah. be honest with you. I mean, it's, on the cover. there's nothing really all that they special They got like about little it. circles, like little small faces of, not the band small faces, but little pictures of the guys like stuffed in the corner. Yeah. And this guy's like, ole or something. I don't understand. But I mean, it's like a welcome surprise that I actually really dug the tunes that were held within this record. But, you know, when you make something 1197 in a new arrivals and it's something that I've never seen, I'm probably going to pick it up. Thank you, Jordo and Jess, for <laughs> continuing to supply me, supply my habit. For my end of the table, yeah. that's a band I'd always heard about. And for some reason, I always thought they were like early punk rock. Like I didn't, I, it was, it's a band that I've heard about again for a very long time, and I didn't know anything about them until I listened to the track that you gave me to listen to. I was really pleasantly surprised, and it really hit me hard, too, because it's, I mean, it's the shit that I like. It, it definitely has, like you said, San Francisco psych. I'm actually going to go with Los Angeles. Right. For me, it had like an Arthur Lee and love kind of feel, yeah. kind of cross with, I'm going to say California pop. But when I say that, I mean that in the sense of like a band like The Millennium, where yeah. they... It was almost prog pop. Yeah. Like what you were saying, like where it kind of meanders and it goes from like section to section and it doesn't seem to make any sense, but it feels really seamless at the same time. Yeah. I feel like these guys kind of nailed that feeling. And it had, had it definitely had like one of those, again, that LA 1968, 67 kind of feel to me. And it's amazing that they only made one record. Right. Because it's honestly pretty great. The other stuff that I listen to, I'm like, I need to find this record. I did see on one of the videos the guy who wrote the video who shared it. It was like his personal record that he was recording and putting on YouTube. He said that a few of the bands and artists, these other one-offs that were on this MCA labels that are now like very sought after by collectors are bands like The Hook, The Yellow Pages, Warm Dust, Giant Crab, Alexander's Timeless Blues Band, Mars Bonfire, Fever Tree, and The Smoke, to name a few. So what this tells me is that MCA had no problem signing everybody's band and just trying to find that hit. That's what they were doing back yeah, then. Yeah, and other than the last three bands, like the five that you named before that, I've never even heard of before till you right. just said them. But it was the same thing with like Electra. Not only they were signing like the Stooges and stuff, but they were also signing a lot of these like kind of bands from LA that were like, putting out one record and then disbanding right after that. Like they were just looking for something. Right. Yeah. All right, let's cut a record, guys. It's a cool band. Did you say what song you're going to put on there for the mix? The song that I'm going to include on the mix is a tune called I See, I Am, and it's pretty much representative of the entire album. I mean, it's the best song, I think, on the record. Uh, obviously, that's why I But if you it. like that song, you yeah, you're like the love the rest of the record. Too, Absolutely. Obviously. I See, I Am. That's by the East Side Kids. Yeah. Jay, do you have one last E record that you'd like to share with us? I do. And I'm going to go a little bit modern, something from the last 10 years. Why are you doing that? I thought I'm we were stuck be- in the 60s, bud. Well, here's the thing, though. When you're doing E's, you only have a limited choice of what you can talk about in the East. Right. But, but I really, I, usually with every one of these episodes, I like to bring in kind of somebody contemporary. Yeah. And so the woman I want to talk about is a woman. Her name is Hazel English. Yeah. She is, and again, I don't know what it is about Australia. They're putting out these like great female singer-songwriter artists. But she's an Australian who has relocated. She now lives in Oakland, California. Right. So she's based out of Oakland right now. The record that I'm going to talk about is actually a combination of two EPs. Okay. Uh, that Polyvinyl, the record label, put it out. Polyvinyl also, one of those other labels you can just trust. Mm-hmm. If you buy something on Polyvinyl, it's 
99.9% of the time you know it's going to be good and I, that's probably why I bought it but it's a combination of two EPs they did it on they, it's, it's at the 45 speed it's two records but it's both of her EPs in one package right and when she first started out um, the stuff that, the, the song that I'm going to use for the mixtape is a song called Never Going Home those first two EPs are very very again for me that's what I'm listening to right now shoegazy dream poppy she put out a record a few years ago that was almost like when you come across those like French records, like the female vocalist from the 60s, you yeah. find those French comps. That last record she did is more of like a 60s chanteuse kind of thing. Yeah. She has a new EP out, but because I'm a total tech tard and I don't, I don't have really have a way to, like I don't download my laptop crashed uh, earlier this year. Your, uh, so she has a, like, uh, yeah, and I could, I could stream it on Spotify, it. but I won't. And I could download it, but she just put out an EP this year that I haven't heard yet. And I'm super excited to hear it. So I'm assuming at some point she'll put out a physical version of it. And I hope that she does. Yeah. But yeah, so the earlier stuff, again, is, is like the dream pop shoegazy stuff. The other, her second record, again, more of that 60s chanteuse pop stuff. The song that I want to use is the title track from one of the EPs called Never Going Home. Yeah, it's a great song. So it's super pretty, super yeah. beautiful. She's got a just a great voice. I mean, she's not a belter. I mean, it's mm-hmm. definitely a vibe it's a feel in her voice and you watch her videos I mean she's cute as a button like she's just <laughs> she has that 60s look about her too she's super cool to watch and a super interesting like person to look at but yeah her stuff is great check that shit out yo Hazel English Hazel English she's awesome yeah yeah that's it that's our ease so we're going to get to the point where you are going to hear a mix in just a matter of seconds man this was good to get back into the swing of things I know that you know, our fans have been chomping at the bit. I mean, there's dozens and dozens of people that have just been, when are they going to do it? When are they going to release their next episode? Listen, fellows and probably a few ladies all over this globe, like you got to give us the time that we need to make this art of ours. But we have been busy and I have been trying to um, upload a few of the videos. Uh, Spotify has the ability now to play video podcasts. So I've been uploading those. We've got a new one of those coming out featuring our friend Cody. So I was really fun to create that and of course we're going to have a what are you messing with bonus episode coming out in just a few weeks yep that's going to feature us talking about the things that we are into currently 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 and we we drag a friend in and they tell us what they're currently listening to so sorry for taking so long but people i mean you're gonna get it on the back end we're not working for the man we can just and the thing is sometimes life just gets in the way it does it does yep yeah so anyway, so here's the mix, right? We're gonna do the mix. That's that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's just dive in right now. Diving into the mix. Dive in the mix. In the mix. In the mix. Sisters and misses and misters, here's your daddy yo with the sounds to go. No shucking, no jiving. I'm telling you, your music's arriving. Ha <laughs> ha, what I say, say, say. Chill, 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 chill. 
music constantly free and get down to the sounds of your PMD. But you should keep quiet while the MC rap. But if you're tired, then go take a nap. Or stay awake and watch the show I take. Because right now, I'm about to shake and bake. The E-R-I-C-K is my name, my spell. Thanks to the clientele, yo, I rock well. I'm not an MC who talking all that junk about who can beat who. Sound like a pump. I just get down and I go for mine. Say check one, two, and run down the line. To the average MC. I'm known as the Terminator, funky beat maker, new Jack Sterney, destroying a ploy, when your rhymes are not void, never sweating your girl, YP, she's a schizoid, when I'm on the scene, I always rock the spot, I grab the steel with the crown on top, in the beginning, I like to let my rhymes flow, and at 12, I press cruise control, sit back and relax, let my rhymes tax, maintain them seeds while the double max, always calm under pressure, no need to act ill, listen when I tell you boy, you got to chill. No computer information on rap Like the BRZ Marquises I make your toes tap I format the rhymes Step by step Make them sound deaf To maintain my rap Prepare to come off In case of a diss Now worry about the thing Cause we can do this I can turn the party out Just by standing still Make a lady scream and shout While the brothers I kill Take total control Of your body and soul Pack a nine in my pants When it's time to roll I'm the P-E-M-D-E-E And one thing I hate Is a bite in MC When I enter the party Suckers always form a line Then they ease the way up And try to bite my lines I did thousands of shows Dish many faces and deal with new jack on the one-to-one basis. But every now and then a sucker MC gets courageous and like an epidemic it becomes contagious. But never the least, they all R.I.P. Falls underwear means rest in peace. Cause MD stands for microphone doctor in the capital P. Capital M, capital D, E, D's, no doubt the G rocker. Don't like to get ill, but if I have to, I kill. So believe me, boy, you got to chill. Chevy what I'm saying, no there's no delaying, don't hesitate to motivate the crowd I'm not playing, seeing is believing, you catch my drift, or try to interact because I'm just too swift, I'm so swift and that's a natural fact, I'm like Zorro, I'm all in your back, I don't swing on no ropes or no iron cords, the only weapon is my rapping sword. Intimidate MCs with the tone of my vocal throne, when I'm dishing on the microphone, cause I'm the funky rhyme maker, MC on the taker, the one who likes to max and relax. And when it's time, it's your dig em smack. I keep the hands clapping, finger snapping, feet tapping. When it's time to roll, oozing patrols packing. The PMB, the mic's my only friend. And through the course of the party, I kill again and again. So if you're thinking about battling, you better come prepared. Come with your shield and your arm again. You got some shit.
Now, please turn the record over to the other side.
Sweet. So that's the mix. That's the mix. <laughs> that is the mix. I had fun making it. I always have fun making it. So it's fun to put these different kinds of music and try to get them into a, a cool order. That's what mixtapes, people, you know, yeah. that's what's cool about mixtapes. I just love know? the fact that we got this record of these mixtapes that we've made. And uh, I'll go back every now and again if I can't figure out what to listen to. Sometimes I just get so stymied by the fact that there's endless possibilities. Yeah. And if I hadn't been to the record store in a week and haven't actually purchased something, and there's nothing that I know that's coming out that I need to listen to or maybe somebody hasn't sent me a link in a while. I'll go back to some of our old podcasts, but I don't necessarily want to listen to it. Oh, I most certainly don't want to listen to myself, no. But I do like to listen to the mix because... Yeah, me too. They're good. Yeah. I like to think that we have impeccable taste in music. Mm-hmm. I would love to have all these cassettes. <laughs> I would too. And, and would maybe that's it. something we can do special. Nice TDK90 or yeah. TDK60, actually, if I they're come, not even that long. Yeah, if I come into uh, you know some cassettes, maybe we'll uh, have some special edition uh, cassette <laughs> mixtapes for our uh, number one and through three fans, because I could probably only do it. <laughs> or you're really cutting at me, who's still has a cassette player too that's like you really like i'm looking at one right now <laughs> i know of course i have one because i'm a dork <laughs> cassettes are making a comeback they, i know well they they've been making a comeback for quite a few years actually i mean the whole burger records thing was based on they started out just doing cassettes you know that's how they they built their empire on tape you know sweet <laughs> well they also took the big fall too there's yeah. also that too yeah. when you're a shitty human being or you're signed a bunch of shitty human beings Man, that, that's that, gotta be that tough happens. nowadays that happens yeah um but again i know i said at the beginning of the episode and i'm gonna say it again too if you clicked play at the beginning and you're still with us yeah god bless you that's crazy god love you uh-huh. and thank you thank you We'll see you when the, uh, what are you messing with? What are you fucking with episode? It's so, going to drop soon. So stay tuned for that. See a few weeks. Yep. See you in a few weeks. So be patient. Thanks for hanging out. And it might take longer. And if it does take longer, <laughs> just wait a little bit longer. Later. Bye. Laters. See ya. <laughs>
but I don't really need your stinking input. Nah, B, I'm just playing, just trying to play too, the rule is what I'm saying. Why waste your time on a top 40 hit list when you can prep platters like a catering business? So fresh, I'm high five on my deck, make me collaborate and jump it, that's teamwork, baby. You are an obese, I treat with the guts so deep to make your ear holes bleed. Dusty groups and forgotten gems, sample sources from way back when. You're like, hmm, that sounds familiar, well it's Osley Bros. That Biggie Cuba dinner bud is still ill and it still kills. It's a bona fide hope for that for a last to do. Bye.